You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Hallelujah. Wave those hands to the Lord and just appreciate him tonight. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you for your mighty presence that is here. We appreciate you, Lord. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you, Lord, because you never leave your people without a witness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We choose to believe you. Against all odds, we hold on to you. Because you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You never change. You are the ancient of days. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you because our confidence is in you. Lord, we will never cast away our confidence that is in you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And the people of God say, let's give it up to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm sure you can do better than that. That's for the precious voices. Let's give it up to the Lord. Maybe that is for me. Let's give it up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Let me welcome you to tonight's hour of discovery. We are grateful to God for his grace. And we believe and trust him that there will be a perfection of his beauty upon our lives in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. Glory to God. We've been looking at the subject, contending for the faith. And um, which we started about a week ago. Trusting God that he will use it to recalibrate us and bring us to the level that he has designed for us in the name of Jesus. Times are perilous, challenging, difficult. But we thank God that irrespective of how great the challenges are, there is a God that is greater and that is mightier. And that God will show up for you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will energize you in the name of Jesus. Jude, verses 1 to 3. Jude one chapter book, verses 1 to 3. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called. Is there anybody that is called here this evening? Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Beloved in God, 
Is there any beloved in God here tonight? Or with us online? Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Is there anybody that you know feels and knows and have an assurance in his heart that he's been kept for Christ? Hallelujah. We know he's able to keep whatever is committed into his hands. Shout hallelujah. Are kept for Jesus Christ. And to those ones who are called, who are beloved and are kept for Christ, Brother Jude says, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you in the name of Jesus. I thought I would have a bigger amen. <clears throat> beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's where we'll stop our reading tonight so that we can have some quality time to look into the Word of God. And we're just going to proceed where we stopped because there is so much more to say. Hallelujah. You will recall that we're looking at a few thoughts or matters arising out of the definitions of the word contend. We said that word contend there for the faith is the word to exert intense effort on behalf of something, to struggle for something. And we've been able to show us that this thing called faith that has been delivered to us is not something that we will take light-hearted. It's not something that we will take, you know, jokingly. It is something that we must exert the fullness of our energy. We must expend energy in pursuing it so that we may not fall short of God's expectation in the name of Jesus. And it's my delight to read Matthew eleven twelve, the Amplified, before we go to the next point. Matthew eleven twelve. To exact force, to exact energy, to exact effort, struggle for something. Matthew eleven verse number twelve. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force. Hallelujah. I don't know how violent you are in the spirit. But it's not it cannot be attained by indolence. Have you thought of something? Jesus said, 
that is easier for, for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for what? Huh? Technology, pull out that scripture. You know how big a camel is? These are strong metaphors. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Go study this verse and during Q&A next week, we'll look at it. That is easier. But look at it, you know, on the physical level. Look at how huge a camel is to go through the eye of the needle. A needle. Even some of us, we have to strain our eyes and remove the binoculars before we can get the thread to go through the eye of the needle. Do I have a witness? So now, how can you force your phone through the eye of the needle? Talk less of your Bible. Talk less of a camel. Can I have an amen? So you will see the relativity of almost impossible. So, but why is that so? Because these days it's not unusual for us not to be very good students of the Bible. I remember as a young believer, I had a separate notebook for Sunday service. I have a separate notebook for <clears throat> midweek service, for Bible study. And I had a separate notebook for prayer service. We had a prayer service on Fridays. So Wednesdays, Bible study, Friday, prayer meeting, Sunday, I have three different notebooks. And they are in collections. Once they get filled up, I take another one. Glory to God. And every scripture that is quoted during the service, I'm like a stenographer, copying everything down. And when I get home, the first thing I do is go look up those scriptures. Because they were new to me. I hadn't had them before. So I was excited. I would go search them out, go look them out. What is this saying? Glory to God. But today, we are in an age where even when the message is ready, in those days, it took a lot for the, for the message to be ready. As a young believer and the church that I got born again, their audiovisual department was dwindling. And they didn't have anybody in the audiovisual department manning the camera, you know, looking after the tapes, you know, they had some folks, I think maybe they were transferred, I can't remember exactly what happened. And here was I, I opted to go there to help. And I kick-started the technic, techno, we call it technical, uh, technical department. I kick-started it, the audiovisual, and then I became the first cameraman after a long time. And I was handling the camera. Before I knew it, I attracted people into that department. I attracted ladies into that department. I don't know what they were looking for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And by the time I was leaving that department, it was fully manned. 
We had people who were now willing to do the job because I wasn't ashamed. I was probably older than most of those young folks. I was a graduate. Majority of them, majority, majority of them were undergraduates in the university. And many more were still in secondary school. But I undertook to do the job. I attracted people, set up the library, the audiovisual library, the tapes. It was cassettes we were using. Developed a library and decoding for recording the messages, arranged them and put up a library. And I did that within the short stint that I was there. Shout hallelujah. Can I have an amen? It took a lot for the CD, to, for the cassette to be ready. But today, let me not miss the point. Today is on the go. Before you even step out of within the church, the message is ready. And it's being put on the platform. How many of you listened to last Sunday's message before you came here? One, two, three. Hallelujah. I'm trying to buttress the point, not to embarrass anybody, but now that everything is available, many of us still don't take advantage. Glory to God. Whenever somebody is leading a prayer here, any of our pastors leading a prayer, or anybody on this pulpit, I have my notes. I can show you. I take full notes. And I go home to check those scriptures they quoted in the course of the prayer again to refresh myself and many of them I'm not familiar with. I'll go to look at the context. Shout hallelujah. But some of us are too big to even take notes. Hallelujah. We are, not that we are too big. Maybe we have such a computer memory that we store everything in and then we keep playing it in our minds. Glory to God. What am I saying? It's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle. Please check it out so that we can compare notes. Shout hallelujah. It's a metaphor, but dig into it. So without losing our train of thoughts, let's go back to Matthew eleven twelve. That's just, is it energizer we call it? I'm just giving us an energizer. So I'm from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men will seize it by force. The one in parenthesis is the one I love most. Look at that rich meaning using converse to draw out the meaning. It says, as a precious price, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. To have a share in the heavenly kingdom, it will take your zeal, it will take your energy, it will take intense exertion, intensity, spiritually. Not only spiritually, physically. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Exact intense effort on behalf of something. That's what it means to contend. Intense effort. Intense exertion. Hallelujah. 
Praise God forevermore. So that's the first thought that we share. And we are going on to the second one, which is to throw illumination, and I did say to us, calling it the push-pull life paradox. So number two, the struggle or the contention for the reward does not demand only full exertion. You can call it a positive force, but it also requires rigid denial. Rigid denial. The struggle or the contention for the reward does not only demand full exertion, but also rigid denial. It's like the two sides of a coin. It's like the two terminals of a battery. The one that carries current is, is it the positive or the negative? Huh? Which one carries current? It's the positive. But what happens to the negative? For the circuit to be complete, it needs a return path. And that is the negative. Take out the negative, the positive alone cannot supply energy. Glory to God. So in as much as you are exerting intense effort, pushing into the kingdom, there are some things that you need to also take away. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you will remain on the same spot. So that's the simplest way I can describe this phenomenon. First Corinthians chapter 9. As you are pushing, pressing on into the kingdom, we must take away the drosses so that they will not constitute a hindrance. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. How should we run? We should run that we may obtain it. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Every athlete, how many? Exercises what? Self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wrath, but we an imperishable. Hallelujah. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Please give it to me, NIV, verse 25. The New International Version, verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into what? Into what? Strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last for how long? Forever. Hallelujah. May you make it to obtain your crown. I said, may you make it to obtain your crown. You will not fall by the wayside. You will obtain your prize in the name of Jesus. If you study this passage... 
Paul was referring to the games that used to take place within the Greek culture. So he was using that analogy just like the Olympics. So they used to have the games at that time. And it is called the Isthmian Games. I-S-T-H-M-I-A-N. You can Google it. The Isthmian Games. And how did the, you know, the, the, the competitors or the athletes, how do they prepare for these games? These games were such a popular one at the time. And that word called compete. Everyone who competes in the games. That word compete is the same word agonizomai from epagonizomai from contend. It says everyone who competes in the games. So to compete in the game is talking of agony. Everyone who contends in the game. Everyone who is a competitor on that field goes through some form of agony. Goes into strict training. But that's what itself competes signifies agony. Agonize. To contend. Contention. It does not mean a half-hearted effort. The ESV says self-control. The NIV says strict training. Now listen to this. Every competitor that gets registered for the Isthmian Games must go through some form of strict training. Do you know for how long? For 10 months. You must go through strict training. The moment you enlist for the games, you are in seclusion for the next 10 months. Training. So that is what Apostle Paul was using to illustrate the point here. And during that time, what do they do? You do away with several things. You condition yourself with your diet. You do away with all manners of junk. Until you become temperate. Until you become temperate. Which he has because self-control. Until you become temperate in all things. Hallelujah. Give me the amplified of verse 25. So you go into seclusion. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. You are restricted from family. You are restricted from sex. You are restricted from all the stuff to make you temperate. They do it to win the wrath that will soon wither. Hallelujah. Now let me use some illustrations that you will recognize. Have you not heard of some brides preparing for their wedding who go on a diet? Who enlist in Ella's Place gym? They go on a diet, enlist in a gym because they want to be size 12. The dress they want to wear that they saw their Cinderella on Instagram wear, it does not fit horrible. So what do they do? So they enlist in a gym and begin to work out so that they can get trim. Can I have an amen? 
Some, they will do facials. Some, they will go and do spa, body wash, do all manners of stuff. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Because of their wedding day that is coming. Strict training. They conduct themselves temperately. For 10 months, they are in seclusion. Glory to God. Not only those who are preparing for wedding. Even those that enlist for, what do you call it? Bobo Niger. What's the name of that play? What's it? Big Brother. You got it. Big Brother. They go training the guys. They go carrying weight to develop C-Spark. So that when they get in there, the girls will be running after them. They do all manners of stuff. What are they competing for? A rest that will soon wither. So they go into some form of training. Strict training. Diet. Get a coach. And begin to do all manners of stuff. Shout hallelujah. I've also read of Nollywood actors before they can fit into a particular role. Some of them, if it's guys, they have to go and develop the muscles. If it's ladies, they have to... Can I, do I have a witness in the house? Can I have an amen? What are they doing it for? A rest that we soon wither. A prize. A competition. <laughs> Glory to God. If they are to fit up to the character they are to portray, they do all of these things just to get fit. If you are still in doubt, quickly go with me to Esther chapter 2. Let's read verses 12 to 14. Esther chapter 2, verse 12, NIV. Thank you. Before a young woman's turn came to go into King Zexis, she had to what? Complete how many months? 12 months of beauty treatment prescribed for the women. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The first six months, leave it in verse 12. The first six months of body treatment is for purification. It is for detoxification. You detox your body. You purify your body. You get it ready. You get it tempered. Can I have an amen? Then the second six months with perfumes and cosmetics. That is symbolic of the anointing. That is when you now begin to hallelujah. Glory to God. Twelve months of training. Six months for purification, for detoxification, and then the remaining six months for perfumery and cosmetics. Let's put on our imagination cap. What will somebody be doing for six months? What are they going to be detoxing? If that person was size 18, within six months, with quality control diet, because you will see in the next verse, anything they wanted, they were given. Glory to God. So imagine beauty treatment for six months. 
Even look at, imagine it for one month. Imagine it for one week. And then for six whole months. What a preparation. And then the person's skin will be glowing. Isn't it? Glory to God. I know you are just pretending. Many of you go to spa, to detox, to wax, to do all manners of stuff. Hallelujah. Now for six months, they are preparing the bride. And then the next six months for cosmetics and perfumes. I call it, that's the anointing stage. If you are looking at the spiritual world, the first part is purification. The second one is to receive the anointing. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Now listen to this. Imagine the cost of these preparations physically. Look at the physical cost. Look at all the consumables for six months. Look at that physical cost. Hallelujah. Then look at the emotional cost. The psychological cost just to go into the king. Hallelujah. Then look at the devotion of all of those that are involved. The eunuchs, the women, those who will have the bath, those who will treat them. Look at the devotion for six whole months. One thing is the cost. The second one is the devotion to duty. Glory to God. Then look at the dedication that is involved. Look at the dedication that is involved in preparing one bride just for the king. We've talked about the cost. We've talked about the devotion. We've talked about the dedication. Removing the flaws on the lady's face and body and getting them in perfect condition to meet with an earthly king for one night of encounter. How should the preparation be? What should the cost be? Psychologically, emotionally. What should be the devotion be? The dedication to preparing not for a one night affair with the king, but for a life everlasting with him. What manner of men ought we to be? What manner of preparation ought we to do? If for one night, a bride is prepared for 12 months for one night of encounter, then how are we to prepare for a lifetime of eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Glory to God. Verse 13. Think about it. All of this preparation for one night. And here we are preparing for a lifetime of eternity. Glory to God. The moment, let me get that in a minute. And this is how she will go to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. Anything she wanted. Cost was not an issue. Anything she wanted. Anything, anything, anything. In the evening, she will go there and in the morning, return to another part of the harem. 
to the care of Shashgaz, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the concubines. She will not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. Look at this. The moment you go in, you only have one chance with the king. Hello? You don't have an opportunity of a return match. The moment we cross this side of eternity, we don't have an opportunity of a return. We don't. Ah, Papa goes quickly. Let me go and make up. It's not possible. You don't have the opportunity. Once you cross to the king, it's either you are chosen, you, everyone goes back the other way. It's only when the king summons you, you know you are the one. So the 12 months of preparation is just for one night. And the moment we cross this side of eternity to that side, there's no coming back. To make amends. The only time we have to prepare is now. Think about it. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Is that not sobering? The bride does it for 12 months, but we have a whole lifetime to prepare to meet the king. We have a lifetime of preparation because we are preparing for eternity. What manner of men ought we to be if this is the way of man? Glory to God. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 from the message. Showing us the things that we need to deny. We are looking at the other side of the coin. Exacting force positively and then rigid denial. You've all been to the stadium and you've seen the athletes race. Everyone runs. How many win? One wins. May you run to win. I said, may you run to win. You will win this race of life. In the name of Jesus. All good athletes train how? If you are not training hard on this, your spiritual journey, you are a bad athlete. You can't win. You cannot win. Because all good athletes must train hard. They do it for a gold medal. That tarnishes and fades. You are after one that is gold eternally. May that be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Give me verse. Yeah, thank you. I don't know about you. I'm reading the Bible. I'm not paraphrasing. I don't know about you, but I am running hard for the finish line. I thought somebody would say that to me. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. Can we read this together? I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything. Is that what you are giving this spiritual journey? I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying a lot. And in what? Top condition. May you stay in top condition. 
I said, there's no sloppy living for you in the name of Jesus. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. May that not be your portion. May God not catch you napping. In the name of Jesus. Shout hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. And I'm giving it everything that I've got. No sloppy living for me. There's no sloppy living. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. Glory to God. Can I have an amen? Please rise up on your feet. I'm going to take these verses and confess it three times. Hallelujah. One to go. But I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything. Hold on. Look at even the way you are talking. I thought this is serious business. I don't know about you. I'm running hard. This is serious matter. One to go. But for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I have got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. Secondly, I don't know about you. But I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself. Lastly, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Hallelujah. You will not miss out on this journey. You will not be caught napping. I say God will not catch you napping. No more sloppy living for you. In the name of Jesus. Please be seated. The final assault is so exciting that all forces must be reserved, assembled, and deployed in it. If the prize or the reward does not mean everything, nothing will be attained. In other words, everything must be involved. Since I'm, I'm giving it everything, Hallelujah. I'm giving it everything I've got. I'm giving it my time. I'm giving it my resources. I'm giving it my energy. I'm giving it everything I've got. Emotionally, psychologically, physically. That's what it takes. Hallelujah. It costs your family. It will cost your wife. It will cost your children. It will cost inconveniences. You've got to give it everything that it takes. That's what it takes. 
Hallelujah. In that race, if a man is not ready to set aside his egotistic needs and selfish desires and claims and reservations, he is not fit for the arena. You cannot be fit. You must put away your ego. You must put away your selfish desires. You must put away every claim and reservation and every sense of entitlement. It's not about you, it's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. And everything must be looked at from his prism. Everything must be considered from his worldview, from his perspective. Because you are no longer yourself. You don't own yourself anymore. You are now a steward. Can I have an amen? The athlete denies himself many lawful pleasures. He cannot eat anyhow. For those ten months, he cannot drink anyhow. For those ten months, you can't. Because you are preparing for the Eastman Games. And for the next ten months, you are under strict control and training. In the same manner, the Christian must avoid not only definite sin, but anything that hinders your spiritual progress. Anything. You can't afford to eat anyhow. As a believer, you cannot afford to eat physical food anyhow. You cannot... Look, if you eat anyhow, by the time you sleep, you start seeing masquerade chasing you in the dream. Hallelujah. You eat and then you eat and then... You can't drink anyhow. You cannot. You cannot. It's not possible. You cannot talk anyhow. You cannot dress anyhow. You cannot behave anyhow. You must be self-controlled in all things. You can't dress anyhow. Hallelujah. I was on the flight two days ago to Yenagua by Elsa State. And I came in today. And on that flight, the young man was sitting close by. And for five minutes, he was struggling with his seatbelt. Hello? For five minutes, he was struggling with his seatbelt. He didn't know how to put it in. So I was looking at him and I was smiling. There's always a first time for everybody. And then the, what do they call them? The crew, the hostess or host, a man, came by and then he was, now helped him to fix it. Praise the Lord. We took off. By the time we landed, you know, they were disembarking row by row. When he got to his row, it was in front of me. Brock could not get up. Hallelujah. She was busy pulling the thing, pulling the thing, pulling the thing, and I was behind him. So I just lifted it up. I said, it's this way. Ah, oh God, thank you. I said, praise God. This is now my point. As we are now going, his trouser was here. Hello? It was his boxers that was showing. His trouser was here. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? His genes was hair. So how do I reconcile that? This guy, guy, no be guy, guy with that. Hello? No be guy, guy, they do. This guy, guy, brother could not even. And I was like, then he was now struggling. The thing was really at his knee. He now pulled it. And I was like, is this dressing? Can I have an amen? No, be when you go prison, they go come out your belt. Hello? So that one now, doc, it don't become fashion. Eh? Bro, tell me now. It don't become fashion. This is a guy. Grace, it don't become fashion with that. If you dress anyhow, you eat anyhow, you talk anyhow, you are not fit for this race. You are not fit for the arena. Glory to God. I'm using it to drive home a point that the world is doing something does not qualify you to join them. We are not of this world. Anything that is not decent. The athlete is in training, strict training for 10 months to compete in the Isthmian Games. He does away with all manners of pleasure. He can't eat anyhow, cannot drink anyhow. He has to be excluded from the pleasures of life just to be able to compete in this race. And this race of life that we are involved in, Apostle Paul was using these games to teach us stuff. If we are going to run to win, if we are not going to be involved in sloppy living, we can't afford to eat anyhow, drink anyhow, talk anyhow, and by the way, to eat anyhow, even spiritual food. You cannot read junks anymore. Everything you read... Is conditioning your mind. Can I have an amen? When the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Of the word. And we term that to be the Bible, isn't it? But do you know that words is what is used to program our minds? Whether the words of the Bible or worldly words. If you watch movies that are too sensual, or I don't know how to put it, or they are too violent, you tend to become more violent. If you read novels that are always talking of horror novels, Love and Grandpa, there are many of those things. I don't know. Right? You got it? You begin to have those tendencies because those words, words are words. Those words will program your mind and your soul. So when we are talking of you cannot eat anyhow, even spiritual diet, you must watch what you read. If you are spending too much time on Instagram, on, and that is what we are programming your life. Some folks, Instagram is their dresser. That's where they pick the style they will sew. That's where they pick this. Not what we fit their body, but what they see on Instagram. 
Friends, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, the athlete denies himself of many lawful, lawful, many lawful, many lawful desires. They may not be wrong. They may not be unlawful. But if you are running to win, you must get rid of everything that can slow down your progress. Can I have an amen? Anything that can hinder your spiritual progress. They are lawful desires. But if you are going to win, they are not good for you. They are not expedient. Shout hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Contending for the faith involves denial, rigid denial, so that you can become temperate in all things. Let me step this up a little bit. Hebrews eleven twenty four to 27, NIV. I'll write this down. If you are contending for the faith, it also means you must use your faith to refuse and deny yourself anything that will hinder your spiritual progress. Contending for the faith also means using your faith to refuse and deny yourself anything that will hinder your spiritual progress. Hebrews 11, 24 to 27. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Hallelujah. How did Moses grow up? How did he become the son of Pharaoh's daughter? There was a decree. All boys under two years old must be. And then the king escalated it, thrown into the Nile. When they couldn't hide him anymore, what did they do? The mother said, ask for a basket. They put him on a basket and threw him onto the Nile. And the basket floated. And they had programmed the time that they know that Pharaoh's daughter usually come for an evening walk. And then she discovered it and then kept, and then they positioned Miriam there. Hallelujah. No wonder she had a big mouth and audacity to be looking at Moses' face. They positioned her there as the small big sister, and then she ran forward. Auntie, auntie, can I go and call you a maid that will look after him? Oh, you're a brilliant girl. Go and do so. And then she went and called Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's Moses' mother. What a privileged young man. He's raising up. His mother was paid to raise him up. Glory to God. Isn't that a good one? His allowance. When he had grown up, so as he was growing, everybody knew him as Pharaoh's son. Right? Isn't it? Because from a little child, you adopt a baby. becomes your son. But when he grew, the Bible says he refused to be known 
as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What does that mean? To refuse to be known. Who was the crown prince of the palace? Who was the crown prince? You don't need brilliance now. Who was the crown prince? There was no, we are not told that Pharaoh's daughter had any sons. We are not told. Moses was the one being programmed. Can I have an amen? Go read your Bible. We are not told. So imagine what he was refusing. He says, refuse to be known. What was he rejecting? The accolades. What was he rejecting? The honor. What was he rejecting? The fame that he had been known with. All his primary school, nursery school, they know him as the crown prince. Now he's growing up, he said, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want special treatment. I don't want this. Do you think that is easy? Is it easy? You have been used to luxury. Then what happens? Suddenly, it stops. Is it easy? But this one is the one refusing it. It takes faith to refuse. It takes stronger faith to refuse. Thank God for great faith to receive. But it takes great faith to refuse. Moses used his faith to reject the accolades, to reject the pecks of the hair apparent to the throne of Pharaoh of Egypt. He was a prince royal. Let me use British terminology. Say princess royal. Prince. Let me use Eastern terminology. The crown prince. Can you imagine the crown prince of the Saudi Arabia? How powerful he is. A young man in his 30s. Is transforming Saudi Arabia and giving United Arab Emirates, known as Dubai, popularly you call Dubai, a run for their money. He's building a sun city of glass, of kil- Look. Oh. Hallelujah. That is what Moses refused. The accolades, the perks of office. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter's son. Egypt, by the way, if you do not know, was the world superpower at the time. Egypt was the America. Is America the superpower now? Maybe. Glory to God. Look at the most glamorous, whatever the most glamorous nation on the earth is. That was Egypt in his time. And then Moses used faith to refuse all the pecks that comes with that. The glamour and the recognitions. Hallelujah. May God grant you grace to use your faith to refuse anything that will hinder your progress. In the name of Jesus. Can I have a better amen? Not only did he refuse the accolades, the recognitions and the fames. Next verse. 
he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Choosing to be mistreated. Hey, are you guys, are we on the same page? He has rejected the limo. He has rejected the accolades. He has rejected everything. Now, he used that same faith. Let me go and be, eh, come and mistreat me with the people of God. By faith, he refused to be given royal treatment and chose to be mistreated. Hallelujah. By faith, he refused the fleeting pleasures of sin. Please underline that. He used his faith to reject enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Do you know what this means? Rather than to enjoy. In other words, those things did not look like sin. They were part of the pecs of the office. They were part of the package of being a royal prince. They were part of the package. But instead, he chose to be mistreated rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope you are drawing your prayer points because we are going to pray. Verse 26. By faith, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Hallelujah. By faith, he refused worldly celebration, but he chose to be disgraced for the sake of... How many of you will choose disgrace for Christ than to be celebrated? You would rather be disgraced. He chose to be disgraced. Can I have an amen? He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. Greater value than the treasures of Egypt. How many of you will they put one million dollars and then say disgrace? One million dollars is even too much. They put disgrace here and then they put $100,000 here. Which one will you choose? Okay, they put 10,000, it's too much for you. They put $10,000 here and disgrace here. Which one will you choose? Disgrace for Christ. He chose disgrace for Christ of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. What treasures are in this world? What luxury? What fun is in this world that you are choosing over what looks like disgrace for Christ. Do you know how many things you have been involved in just because of worldly pleasure? You chose them of greater value than the disgrace. Do you know that people have fallen into sexual sins? People have joined, just because of the Joneses, they are saying, you stupid man, Egbe, Imagine a swag bear. 
this one he calls himself Christian. Everybody is doing me. A stupid man. And because of that disgrace and shame, they put their hands into evil. Somebody here tonight. Can you connect what I'm saying? Moses chose disgrace over and above the treasures of Egypt. Because, why? He was looking ahead to his reward. What are you looking ahead for? Is eternity in your view? Is eternity in your equation at all? Are you thinking of what will happen when God plays back your CCTV on that day? Because he will play it back for everybody to be seen. Some people will be doing like this. That is where the real shame is. Is it not better to suffer the disgrace and the shame now than the shame that will happen when they play your CCTV, Gadagba, for everybody like this? He was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking at eternity. He therefore chose disgrace for the sake of Christ of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. What has this world got to offer? What do the pleasures of sin, what do they have to offer? Hallelujah. I don't know whether God is speaking to you tonight. Verse 27. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Whom are you seeing? What has this world got to offer? He left Egypt, which was a type of the world, with all that he had to offer, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Do you see God in the equation of your life? When you are making those deals and transactions, do you have eternity in mind? Is God a witness to you when you are making those dealings? Are you seeing God? Are you thinking of the reward? Many of the things that we fall into, if only we are conscious of the presence of God, we would not do them. If only we knew God was there in the room. You may think you are alone with that person. You are alone. Oh, in that corner of the hotel, you are alone. No, God is there with you. He saw him who is invisible. Many of the things that we do, we will not do them. If we are conscious of the presence of God. Are you conscious of his presence? The greater is he who is on the inside than he that is in the world. And yet, we do those things. Contending for the faith means using our faith to refuse and deny ourselves anything that will hinder our spiritual progress. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read it in the message and we pray today. And we'll continue on Sunday. 24 to 27 in the message. By faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. 
refused privileges, the royal perks of office. He chose a hard life with God's people. Are you ready to choose a hard life with the people of God? Rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. Moses was not an opportunist. The opportunity was there. But he said, no, I don't belong here. No. My DNA does not belong here. He was not opportunistic. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. Hallelujah. By an act of faith, he turned his heel on Egypt, indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no eye can see. Hallelujah. And he kept right on going. On whom do you have your eye? Moses had his eye. Your eye must become single. He had his eye on the one, capital O, no one or no eye can see. When this scripture enters into you, your life can never remain the same. In your talking, you cannot talk anyhow. Because you know God is there. You cannot speak any, you, can, you cannot even eat anyhow. Because you, you are conscious of the presence of God. Your eye is on the one no eye can see. And then you keep right on going. Rise up on your feet tonight. We are going to pray. Using this passage. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh Father we are grateful to you. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know the things you've got to reject. You know the things you've got to refuse. To contend means using your faith to refuse. Using your faith to deny yourself anything that will hinder your spiritual progress. You know those things that don't so easily beset you. You know those things that are hindering your spiritual progress. You know them. Lift up your voice now and say, Lord, help me. I'm going to use my faith to refuse if Moses could use his faith to refuse the, to, to, to value disgrace for Christ over and above the treasures of Egypt, if he could use his faith to refuse the pecks of the royal crown or royal office of Egypt or the, royal, the royalty of Egypt, then Lord, help me to use my faith. Use your faith to refuse, to reject, to deny anything that will hinder your spiritual progress. Lift up your voice. You know them. You know those things that don't so easily beset you. You know them. You know them. You know them. You know them. Yes, he refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. Yes, yes, yes. Use your faith tonight. Use your faith tonight to refuse. Use your faith to reject Anything that you know is hindering your spiritual progress, hindering your spiritual life. You know yourself. You know yourself. Why don't you call upon God and exercise your faith? Yes, contend using your faith to refuse 
to deny your flesh the pleasures of sin. You know the areas of your struggle. You know those things that are hindering your spiritual progress. Why don't you ask God to help you, to strengthen you as you contend for the faith tonight? You know the areas of your weakness. You know the things you are contending with. You know the things you are contending with. Some of you is television. Some of you is Netflix. Whatever it is that is hindering your spiritual progress. Call upon God tonight to help you. Moses, by faith, he refused the privileges. He refused the pleasures, the fleeting pleasures of sin. Lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice and pray. You know the sin that does so easily beset you. You know one area where you are still falling short. You know two areas where you are falling short. You know what is hindering you from reading the Bible. You know what is hindering you from praying. To pray 30 minutes alone in the Holy Ghost is too much for you. And yet you can sit with Netflix for five hours. You can sit with Netflix for three hours at a go. And to read the Bible for one hour is a problem. To read the Bible for one hour is a problem. To pray for 30 minutes is a problem. Why don't you use your faith tonight? Ask God will help you. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. Use that faith or refuse the privileges and the fleeting pleasures of sin. Use that faith or choose a hard life like Moses did. Lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. Ask for the help of God. Moses used his faith to refuse. He used his faith to choose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with your oppressors. Oh, Maraba Sekatoria Masekata, Mezenderebo Sombrokopo Shekata, Mengola Rababa, Zegeteria Mazegata, Ngelerebo Sombrakoma Zenderia, Ngelerebo Sombrakama Zegato, Ngelerebo Zogatoria Pozo Prakama Zengeteria, Ngelerebo Sombrakama Zengeteria Paco Zegata, Lerebo Sombrakama Zegata. I can feel you exact spiritual force. Use your faith, use your faith, use your faith. Yes, yes, to refuse, to refuse, to refuse. To choose hardness over an opportunistic life of sin. Reject those sins that don't easily beset you. The sins you easily fall into, reject them tonight. Reject them tonight, reject them tonight, reject them tonight. Reke bo so pa ria pa ko zegata, ngele re bo so pa ria pa ko zegata, ngele re bo 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 zegata, ngele
Kelere bobo bozembroke bozeto. Kerie poze boro babazeka. Mezandora bazeka daria bakozegada. Lift up your voice and pray, pray, pray. Use your faith to reject the sin that does so easily beset you. Use your faith to reject to reject the sin that does so easily beset you. Use your faith to reject anything that is hindering your spiritual progress. Use your faith to deny yourself. To deny yourself of every element that is hindering your spiritual progress. Yes, Lord, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, as we contend for the faith. Help us to refuse. Help us to refuse all those things that are hindering our spiritual progress. Help us to deny ourselves. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, Marabo Sekato. By his faith, he turned his heel on Egypt. For those of you still having, that still has Egypt in you, reject Egypt. Reject the world. Reject the world. The love of the world. Reject it. He turned his heel on Egypt. You know the areas of your struggle. You know what is hindering you from reading your Bible, from studying your Bible. You know what is hindering you from praying. You know what is hindering you from a holy life. Reject them. Reject the pleasures of sin. Choose hardness. Reject the pleasures of sin. Leropa se kataria bazegata, mezambora bazegeteria mama, mazandara baze proka bazegata, reke poso paria bazegata, mezembroka bazegatoria mama zegeteria bazegata, kele aropa zebroka mazegatora, come up, come up, pray in the Holy Ghost, just lift your voice. Join yourself with somebody. Join yourself with somebody. And pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Lift up your voice. 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 
Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Iron sharpens iron. Pray. Pray, pray for one another. But you, beloved, building up yourselves. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. Yes, yes, yes. Pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. Yes, let me feel you. Let me feel you. Mingo rapose mo ribose geto. Regege bo superia baba bazegata. Mezandora bazegato ria baba kozegata. Ngelere bobo bozegata rabazegete ria bazegata. Ngelere bobo bozebara makozegato. Regebo separia baba zenderia bazegata. Mazabra kopa zandaria. Kalaraba zeboro bazegata ria bazegata. Break through the barrier. Break through the barrier. Break through the barrier of prayer. Break through the barrier of stopping the world. Break through. Generate the energy in force to deny yourself. By faith, Moses refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life. Build up your faith, build up your faith, build up your faith. Mezembra kapa sekataria. Ah, maleria mo sekata. Mezebro kapa sekata. Mezandoroba sekata. 
I can't feel you, I can't feel you, I can't feel you. Mezegeto parabo, zegeto parabo, zegeto ta. Ngelere bobo bobo zegato rababa, zegedere bobo zogata. Ngelere bobo bobo zegato rababa, zegedere bobo zogata. Ngelere bobo bobo zegato rababa, zegedere bobo zogata. Ngelere bobo bobo zegato rababa, zegedere bobo zogato. Mezaburo bobo zegata, mezata ta brakoma zegata. Kalaria papa ko zegato, ria pa zegato, ria pa zegata. Ngelere pako zebaraba zegata. Mezandaraba zegato, ria poso pataka roba zegete te broka ma zegata. Kelerie pazandaraba zegata, kalaraba ba zebroka ba zegata. Ngelere poso brako ma zegata, kalaraba ba 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 zegato, ria poso brako pa zegata. Reke poso baria ba ba zegata. Oh malaria pa zegata raba ba shikata. Mezabroka ma zegata rima zata. Let pray. Lift your voice and pray to God to strengthen you in your inner man, to strengthen your faith, so that you can use your faith to refuse the pleasures of sin, so that you can be able to run to win. Refuse every sloppy living. Refuse every sloppy living. Refuse every sloppy living. Refuse every sloppy living. No more sloppy living. Give it everything in God. Regabo subaria mazeta. It's a lifetime of preparation. A lifetime of preparation. A lifetime of preparation. A lifetime of preparation. No sloppy living. No sloppy living. No sloppy living. Regabo sekataria. Mezende reposo brakaba zegata. Reka pasekata riaba zaga. Le ropa sekata rababa shikata. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. No sloppy living for you. In the name of Jesus. Nothing will hinder your spiritual progress. Nothing will deny you of your crown. No more sloppy living. In the name of Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus if you believe that. Thank you Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. You must be stretched. That's what we are trying to do. To stretch you in the place of prayer. To stretch you. To get home. You and your wife hold yourselves. And for 30 minutes, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You and your children, no matter how young they are, they can sleep up, but you remain. Begin to build up yourselves. Contending for the faith requires exacting, intense effort. Not only in the positive direction to pursue your goal, to pursue the kingdom, also need that force to refuse, to deny, to choose a hard life is not easy. To choose disgrace for the sake of Christ over and above the treasures of Egypt. If I put down $10,000 and put shame, nobody will go near shame. But that's what Moses did. He was ready to be shamefaced. He was ready to be ashamed for the sake of Christ. He refused all the pecks of royalty. 
refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you refuse pleasure today that is offered on a platter for the sake of Christ? If nobody is watching, is conscious of because he was seen the invisible. There is one whom no eye can see, but you can see him. It will keep him before you. And when you are conscious that his eye is there, then he will keep you on the path of the narrow and on the path of the straight. May that be our portion. In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. You may be seated as you package your offerings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you for the privilege you have given us be partakers of your word we never take it for granted don't make light of your word in the name of Jesus package our offerings thank you Lord thank you Lord I will pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you. Thank you for the privilege you have given us tonight to bring our offerings and our tithes into your storehouse. Let them be acceptable in the name of Jesus. Father, rebuild the devourer for our sakes in the name of Jesus. And open the windows of heaven so that we will not have enough room to contain your blessings. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen and amen and amen. We have been praying one hour before. Increase it to two hours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been praying 30 minutes before. Increase it to one hour. Glory to God. Thou art inexcusable, O man. Mom called me and said, Pastor, you are not praying as you used to pray before. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, are you sure? I said, you don't know. She said, I know. I said, really? Okay. I said, I will repent. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, by your definition, I agree. But cumulatively, I'm praying. She said, no, those intense prayers that you used to pray. I said, okay, ma. If you know my daily schedule, you pray more for me. Hallelujah. You pray more for me. You know how many hours I sleep a day? Studying doing studentship, praying, and doing all of this stuff. May God's grace. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. 
We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppfn.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.